Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. One of the funnest things I get to do now having this YouTube channel book course and all the amazing people watching is I get to go out and find other experts that are doing the right things, that have expertise in areas I do not. And then occasionally I ask them to create content and they agree and they create just amazing bonus uh, content for my course. And today we have the one and only Urban Teach or Rosalind, who's created some amazing material around Section 8 or housing. How you doing, Rosalind? I'm good, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being amazing. Thank you for doing everything you've done. I watched what you've added. It's already live in the course. There's a whole bonus section that says Section 8, and you are the one and only contributor. So uh, thank you for doing that. That's great. Glad to hear. Yes, glad I can help. Awesome. Well, why don't we just uh, let the entire YouTube world know why Section 8 uh, is, what what Section 8 is. Let's define it, and then let's just kind of give them a sketch of, of what you've included in the course. Yes, sure. Yes. Um, so Section 8 is a state-based uh, voucher program that helps families that meet a current uh, quali- qualification in terms of their income that they have or that mm-hmm. they don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps them with paying their rent every month. So every state has is participates in the program. The program mm-hmm. is state-funded. Mm-hmm. Um, and every state controls, you know, how they want to do things. But pretty much it is a very good way for landlords, new investors, um, to really get into the real estate game um, mm-hmm. by acquiring properties in not so desirable areas uh, and put them on the program. Um, yeah. So it's just one more strategy to use to get you know your rent paid. Yeah. So one of the things I want people to realize is Section 8 or housing assistance is about it's about 35, sometimes 40% of my portfolio. I've, I've had it since day one. Uh, I think the third tenant I ever had was a Section 8 tenant. So it's it's something Great. I have supported since day one. Every how, every unit I have is available. It's first come, first serve, right? I have a qualification box. There we go. Um, and the other thing about the Section 8 program that I want people to realize is we obviously in the pandemic, right, March of, of 2020, April, all of that, it was, it was tough to be a landlord. I have to tell you, Rosalind, one of the... One of the uh, income pieces I did not worry about was the Section 8 housing funds showing up on the first. Uh, I had lots of other concerns, uh, but that was not one of them. That's right. Yeah, same here. Likewise, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, the money comes in regardless. It's on time all the time. I think I've had like a two-day late payment, and that was because the system was being switched over or something like that. Yeah. Um, But something that you never really have to worry about. I think, you know, there is a lot of a bad kind of bad sense of mm-hmm. I don't even know what to call it really rumors right maybe yeah of why the program is bad but I think that you know if you take the time to really learn how to you know um, screen your tenants really well understand the, the situation with these families and mm-hmm. and if you price your your unit according to the program you know you really can benefit from having 
long-term tenants that yep. where the state is paying, you know, anywhere. I don't know how how much of the percentage is over in Cali, but over in the East Coast, you can get anywhere up to 80 to 85% of your rent paid by the state. I have several tenants that are 100%. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Look so, at so, that. Yeah. So some of the things that Rosalind and I saw in the course that people will get as a bonus section is you've actually taken the time to give them websites where to go look for it. Because one of the things, folks, is, again, they're all state-based. Um, and then there's, uh, I don't know, I guess you would call it uh, rent limits based on yes. types, right? Bedrooms, baths, things of that nature. Right. And it's important to go look that stuff up because, again, um, it really it really lets you know if your, your unit uh, will support the program. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's important to do your numbers beforehand. So I always tell folks if you're going to buy property specifically to rent to the program in an area that you might not be too familiar with, mm -hmm. go onto the website, check by zip code. They literally yeah. break it down by zip code, by county, by city, by state. Yeah. And they tell you, you know, by bedroom type, how much money you'll be able to, to charge for that unit. Yeah. The other thing that, uh, and I'll probably add a video to that bonus section as well, because I got 20 plus years is uh, people ask about what happens with rent over the years. So in my experience, uh, I've had three or four years uh, where rent were flat. I have okay. never seen, I've never seen rent go down. People ask about that all the time. Yeah. Um, I've seen rent go up. I've also seen in the last couple of years, uh, there was a long time you couldn't really file exceptions, right? The, the number was the number was the number. Uh, yeah. But the last couple of years, because of the, the housing crisis, uh, you can even now submit exceptions or uh, I don't know what they're technically called. But we've actually seen in this environment where uh, we've actually gotten over the amount. I do not expect that to be a, a long-term trend. Right, uh, right. Yeah. But in 2022 or at least 2021, it, it certainly happened quite a bit. Have you seen that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, where I'm located, because there is such a, a, a minimal number of a lot of people have vouchers, not enough properties accepting the vouchers. Yeah. Um, so yes. what happened in my county is that they have approved, at least for the last three, four years, a 4% rent increase every year. Mm -hmm. That's been my experience, which is not bad. Mm -mm. Um, and just looking at 2022's number, number, they've gone up about 7% from the yeah. 2021 number. Now, it doesn't mean that I can go charge that in that new renewal lease. But if I had a new property that just went on the program, I would right. be able to get that increased amount for 2022. So it's great. Oh, it's absolutely great. The other thing we want to talk about is we got to remove some myths, right? Let's talk about vouchers first. This yes. is one of the, um, I don't know, one of the unfortunate realities we have as people who provide units is, uh, I don't know what it's like in your area, but let's just use just fictitious numbers. There's a okay. thousand vouchers approved in city one, two, three. Yeah, there, there might only be 400 units and maybe only 100 of them are actually, you know, open because the others are leased, right? Right. Uh, most areas I've seen have more vouchers than units. So sometimes I hear politicians say we're going to give more money. It's it's not the money at this point. There's plenty of vouchers and the vouchers expire. Yes, right? it's exactly. Like you're on a wait list. You get it. You're approved and you can't find anything. It's it can be a real struggle, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. From what I've seen, I've seen people that have received a brand new voucher, you know, they just got accepted after waiting for two years mm -hmm. and they have 90 days to find a unit and they can't find a unit because again, vacancy rates are really low. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have landlords that are like, I'm not taking it. I've heard so many bad things about it. So now that voucher holder has to either 
request a transfer to a different county or move out of state altogether just to take benefit of it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So the other thing I want to talk about, you, you said it very early on and it's in the bonus section. The program does not give you permission to not do your job as a landlord. The biggest thing that I do, and that's why I treat everybody the same way, is the screening process. Yes. Right. Just because, you know, rent is paid by a portion of it is paid by the state doesn't give you a permission as a landlord to be a bad landlord. Right. You need right. you need to qualify the tenants. You need to run them through your your criteria. Is that fair to say? Absolutely fair to say. Yes. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, again, kind of talking about my experience with the program is I've had thousands of tenants over the last 20 years and I have five kind of horrible stories. Right. OK purposefully damaging, meaningful. But here's the reality. Three of them were cash paying tenants. Two of them were in the Section 8 program. I believe uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, folks, it's hard to average things. I would say on average, my Section 8 tenants are frankly easier to manage because what people don't realize is those tenants, they have incentive to stay in the program, right? They have right. to behave in a certain way. I, as the landlord, can call the Section 8, I don't know, proctor or person or whoever's handling that unit and indicate that they're not performing. They're not, you know, living right. up to their end of the agreement. And the last thing a Section 8 tenant would want is to be kicked out of the program because if I evict them, they're not going back. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I tell this to folks all the time. I'm like, all the horror stories I usually hear from people that own rentals. And they're like, oh, my Section 8 tenant's the worst. You know, they don't follow the, the lease or they don't, whatever. They don't pay their portion on time. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I ask them questions and it ends up always 50% of the time, it ends up being the landlord never did their part, right? Exactly. They didn't include certain clauses on their leases. They mm -hmm. didn't um, say, look, I don't take partial payments. I, right. you know, I need your social workers contact information. They don't, mm -hmm reach out to the local office when they the problems do start so that mm -hmm. it of course it builds up and now it's too late right yeah so there's a lot of a lot of those pieces that really are on the landlord side it's just that people don't want to admit that that's yeah. what happens right no I, I, absolutely and again life happens right I, of, of the many story the bad the five bad stories i have uh, many of the tenants were great for the first couple of years or whatever it was and then they got caught by you know a drug or yeah a relationship or something mm -hmm. life right. happens to all of us. Right. Uh, and, 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 you know, uh, most of the crazy stories I hear about section eight are just the same stuff. And it really boils down to most of the time, the landlord didn't do upfront. They, they took the quick money, right. Yes. They, they took the certain money, but they didn't qualify the tenant. And, and that's uh, right you still got to do your job. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad we both agree on this because it's something that I, I always talk about as yeah. well. Yeah. The other thing to talk about is again, I've been doing this uh, a long time. Uh, we had, I remember eight or nine years ago, California had a budget crisis and there was a lot of talk about uh, section eight program being cut. We never net payments have never been missed in 20 some odd years. Um, I've never had a payment. I don't think I've had a payment late. In fact, most, most week, most months, they're early. They actually do come the last yeah. day of the month, usually, unless it's a weekend. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I, and again, it's, some people don't want to do it. And that's your call, right? And, right, right. You know, if you have a high-end unit, the good news is your unit won't even qualify, right? If you look right. at the Monopoly board and your property's boardwalk, 
you can't rent to section eight because that's why the income limit's there, right? You have a that's right. You have a two bedroom bath, one bath on boardwalk. You want nine grand a month. You can't get a section can't eight it. person. Can't do it. The limit's right. <laughs> just doesn't play. Um, yes. So what what are some other things about section eight? For me, my experience has always been bedrooms, bath, and and parking, right? People yeah. ask all the time. Well, you know, what about square footage? I'm like, I've never seen that be. It's not not a requirement. Not a requirement. Right? You do they're have, just happy they they're yeah. just happy they found a place that accepts the voucher. Is my experience. Yeah, a three bedroom, one bath, 900 square feet rents for the same as a 1,253 bedroom, one bath. Right. Just because the living room's bigger and the kitchen's a little bigger, really, it really doesn't change the rental amount. Um, yeah. In section eight. Exactly. Yeah. Square footage has nothing to do with it. Um, but, you know, the other thing is um, from the landlord's perspective or the owner's perspective, it's it's a way to also not have to worry about putting in high end materials mm-hmm. into a reno. Right. So yeah. you're like, OK, well, depending on what tenant I'm renting to, I don't have to go all out and get the latest Good luxury point. plank floors. Right? right. I can just get something basic that's going to last a while. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's not someone with the vouchers not necessarily looking for high-end stuff. They're just happy to get into a, a yeah. place that takes it, that's clean, that's livable. Safe and secure. Right, exactly. Those yeah. are the words. Yes. Yeah. 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 Don't be a bad landlord. Don't don't never, never don't that. Be a slum land. Don't be a slumlord. Um no. yeah. The other thing I want to highlight again in my experience with Section 8, if I were to look at my tenants who stayed the longest, all of mm-hmm. them are Section 8. Yeah. I suspect. If I look at my portfolio and go, how many tenants have been there 10 years or longer? Um, I would I would strongly suspect 90% of them, certainly 85% of them are Section 8. They just get in. They're great to deal with. They want to live there. They want their kids to go to school. Um, right. They're, yeah, they're, they don't want to move. Moving's expensive. <laughs> yeah, moving's expensive. And moving, again, is hard to find. And in, in a a couple of years ago, maybe like going five, 10 years ago, I remember that the local Section 8 offices, at least here in Jersey, mm-hmm. if your family downsized, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you had two kids, but the kids are now adults and they moved out and it's mm-hmm. just you, mm-hmm. they would ask you to downsize your unit into a smaller unit, yep. right? But that no, that no longer happens because the, the city now knows that it's so hard for these folks to find a vacancy yeah. That I've known a couple of adults that are now just living on their own with a two, three bedroom unit. And the state is like, you know what? We'll just keep paying it because we know how hard it is. Yeah, there's just not an option, right? They, 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 yeah. they don't want them to be homeless. So that's the, and the other thing I want to say about Section 8 is there's a big kind of, uh, to the uneducated, it's like they're all poor. No, they're fixed income, right? right. It's a fixed income. A lot, of, a lot of folks end up on fixed income. A lot of older folks, I, I suspect- yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't checked this, but I would be sh- shocked if not 40% of my Section 8 tenants are over 60 years old. They're just on fixed income and they yeah, need help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and when you think of it too, like veterans get vouchers, veterans, yeah, right? Veterans, yeah. Um, retirees get vouchers. For sure. Um, you know, I know, I know a teacher who retired from the Board of Ed, uh, you know, 20 years ago, her income is still eligible for Section 8 yeah. based on where she lives. Because their pension is not enough to cover yeah. it. So you have someone that is a former educator that's on the program. So it's really bad to assume that these folks are, you know, kind of just lazy or don't mm-hmm. work or don't want to work. 
This is one of those myths again that gets told over and over again. Yeah, there's certainly some of that, but that is, it, it, in my experience, if you're a landlord doing your job, you're screening those out. That you, right. you, you, you can say no. <laughs> you can say no, right? There's a screening criteria and a right. And it's yeah. treat everybody the same. That's why, that's why my, my, my um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, tenant selection doesn't even look at where the, the rent comes from, right? Whether it's okay. section eight or cash, it's like, use the, here's my criteria. First, yeah. first yes answer, right? So um, just yeah. answer, then you make, you make your decision, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. What yeah. other things you want to tell people about section eight? Uh, maybe a couple of the website that you teased and you actually went in on your bonus section and you showed them the website. You just want to tease them here. What sites did you show and why is it important? Yeah, so I went straight into the uh, FMR website, which is the Fair Market Rents website. Um, that's where the uh, HUD program that controls, you know, the Section A vouchers, they actually project all of the rental uh, maximums allowed mm -hmm. for future years. So back in like October of 2021, they already had posted 2022's uh, rent max. So yep. it's it's a very good tool to go in and see you know, by zip code, by city, by county, however you want to do your search, mm -hmm. what those numbers look like and what they look like in the past. So I do this a lot where I go back in and look at, you know, 2019, 2018. Let me just see if yeah. I'm going into a new market, you know, I want to see how that market has been improving over the years. Um, and I can tell you, Michael, for the last five markets I've checked, they've all gone up. Right. Yeah. So I haven't seen one yet that where the rent max has been declining. So that's a, a pretty good sign for Absolutely. someone looking to use Section 8. Yeah. Well, folks, again, one of the things you're going to get with my course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, is not only what I did to build one rental at a time, but you're going to get amazing bonus sections like the one Rosalind has done for us. But Rosalind, you're doing lots of amazing stuff. How can people find you, get a part of your world? Yes, yes. So I am on Instagram under urbanteach underscore. And then I do have a website under urbanteachnyc.com. And that's where all my classes and uh, groups are listed and events as well. So uh, yeah, come out and find me. Awesome. Thank you very much for all you do. Have an amazing day. Thank you, Michael. Same you to you. Thank you.